This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This episode number 26, entitled Wisdom Christology Throughout the Gospel of John. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. I am your host. In our last episode, we began to look at how wisdom Christology was used within the prologue of John's Gospel. We observed that this 18-verse prologue, which describes the activity of God's Logos that became flesh as the human Jesus, intentionally evoked echoes of God's personified wisdom. In fact, many of the things said about God's Word slash Logos in John's prologue made much better sense once it became apparent that wisdom themes overlapped Logos themes to the point that the prologue could and should be regarded as a prime example of wisdom Christology, even though the noun wisdom does not show up in the passage anywhere. As a reminder for our listeners, wisdom Christology is the scholarly term used to describe the understanding about Jesus Christ as the human embodiment of God's wisdom, which is the personification of God's wise interactions with and instructions to his creation. Today's episode builds off of what we observed in the last episode. Having noted that John's prologue, the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John, depicts Jesus as the embodiment of God's personified wisdom, we can move to the rest of the Gospel account to examine whether other sayings and actions of the human Jesus evoke similar echoes of wisdom Christology. In other words, if the Gospel of John was arranged with the prologue exhibiting clear traces of wisdom Christology as the starting point of this account of the life and teachings of Jesus, then it is fair to hypothesize that the remainder of the gospel account will likewise show signs of wisdom Christology. So we have an action-packed episode ahead of you today. Lots of good biblical examples for you. So buckle up and let's get started. Our first point today notes the important theological phrase that is often translated in the gospel of John as only begotten or one of a kind or unique and it comes from the Greek word monoyunis, which gets used in the Gospel of John more times than any other New Testament document. So we know it's a major theme. And Jesus is described as this monoyunis, this only begotten or one of a kind or unique one, just as Lady Wisdom was described as the unique one with the same Greek word monoyunis in Wisdom of Solomon chapter 7. And so we'll just take the most commonly known verse in the Gospel of John in order to make this point. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his unique son, his monogenes son, so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have the life of the age to come. That's John 3.16. But this phrase also appears in Wisdom chapter 7 and verse 22, a major chapter depicting Lady Wisdom in Wisdom of Solomon where it says that there is in her, in Lady Wisdom, a spirit that is intelligent, holy, unique, and there is our word there, monoyunis, unique, manifold, subtle, mobile, clear, unpolluted, distinct, and vulnerable, loving the good, keen, irresistible, and the passage goes on and on. So, this phrase that is so common 
in John's Gospel, more times in John's Gospel than any other New Testament document, was also said about Lady Wisdom. Both Lady Wisdom is unique, monoyunis, just as Jesus is the unique son in a passage just like John 3.16. Our second point notes that Jesus brings about grace just as Lady Wisdom brings about grace. Now, for our example today, this actually could have been included in our previous episode's description of Wisdom Christology within the prologue of John's Gospel. Let's look at these verses. In John chapter 1, verses 14, and then in verses 16 through 17, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. And verses 16 through 17, where we see the noun grace appearing four times. So very clearly, Jesus brings about grace, but also Lady Wisdom was formerly said to be the one that carries and gives grace. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 19 says that she, Lady Wisdom, will place on your head a garland of grace. A garland of grace. That's Proverbs 4 and verse 19. And elsewhere in the book of Sirach, chapter 24 and verse 16, Lady Wisdom speaks in the first person and says, Like a terebinth, I spread out my branches, and my branches are glorious and graceful. Sirach 24 and verse 16. So both Lady Wisdom is the one that gives grace, and Jesus is the one that gives grace. And surely the giving of grace in the prologue of John is a major theme within the Gospel of John. Our third point today is that Jesus speaks the truth just as Lady Wisdom utters forth truth. And we want to point out that the noun truth appears more times in the Gospel of John than any other New Testament document, thus demonstrating that the noun truth is a major theme within the Gospel of John. Why is the word truth a major theme in the Gospel of John? Well, perhaps it's because Lady Wisdom was also the one that utters forth truth. Now, we just saw that Jesus was full of grace and truth, in John 1.14, and that grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ in John 1.17. Let's look at another passage, John 8 and verse 40. Jesus says, But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who told you the truth, which I heard from God. That's John 8 and verse 40. But Lady Wisdom had formerly said that from my mouth will utter truth in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 7. So, Lady Wisdom is the one that utters truth, and Jesus is the one that utters truth within the Gospel of John. That was our third point. Our fourth point today uh, is more of a thematic point, noting that a significant theme within Proverbs is that Lady Wisdom interacts with God's people publicly, meaning that God's instruction is practical and should be carried out in one's public life. Jesus also makes the point of interacting with people in public, and these public interactions are quite frequent within John's Gospel. In fact, the Gospel of John goes out of its way to describe these public locations in a way that is not really paralleled as much within the previous three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So let's make the point about Lady Wisdom speaking in public places, starting from Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 21 says, Wisdom shouts in the street, she lifts her voice in the square, 
At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out at the entrance of the gates of the city. She utters her sayings. That's Proverbs 1, verses 20 through 21. Elsewhere we see Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? On the top of the heights, beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, at the opening of the city, at the entrance of the doors, she cries out. That's Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Clearly, Lady Wisdom there is speaking publicly and openly. And in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 3, it says that she, Lady Wisdom, has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. So it's a major theme within the book of Proverbs that Lady Wisdom, the personification of God's wise instruction and interactions with God's people, speaks in public places. And we're going to see that Jesus in the Gospel of John, also speaks in public places. In John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, Jesus speaks at a wedding. In John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22, Jesus speaks in the outer courts. In John chapter 4, verses 4 through 42, Jesus speaks at the local well. In John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54, Jesus speaks on the road. In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18, Jesus speaks in the portico of the temple, in Solomon's portico. In fact, in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, Jesus speaks on the mountainside. And in 6, 25 through 71, Jesus teaches by the sea. In John chapter 9, verses 1 through 39, Jesus speaks on the road. And in John chapter 11, verses 20 through 27, and verses 29 through 37, Jesus speaks on the way to the house in order to resurrect Lazarus. So our fourth point there is that Lady Wisdom makes a point of speaking in public places just as Jesus within the Gospel of John speaks in public places. Our fifth point today is that Jesus promises water for those who are thirsty. In John chapter 4, Jesus says this, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst but the water that I will give to him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. That's John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. And we also see that Lady Wisdom says something similar. In Sirach chapter 24 and verse 21, Lady Wisdom says that those who drink of me will thirst for more. So Lady Wisdom invites her listeners to drink of her, just as Jesus invites his listeners to drink of the water that he gives. Our sixth point is similar. Point number six, Jesus invites his hearers to eat of his bread, just as Lady Wisdom invites her listeners to eat of her. John chapter six, Jesus says that I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. That's John chapter six, verse 51. But Lady Wisdom also says this because she says, in Sirach 24 and verse 21, those who eat of me, those who eat of Lady Wisdom, will hunger for more. So Lady Wisdom invites her listeners to eat of her just as Jesus invites his listeners to eat of him, meaning of his flesh, of his body, of his bread and metaphor. Point number seven, Jesus is described as the light, just as Lady Wisdom is described as light. John chapter 8 and verse 12, Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's John chapter 8 and verse 12. And in a famous passage, Wisdom chapter 7, 
verse 26, Lady Wisdom is said to be the reflection of eternal light. So Lady Wisdom is the reflection of God's never-ending light, just as Jesus is the light of the world. And those who find Jesus will have the light of life, that life which will last forever. Point number eight, Jesus likens himself to a door for those who listen to his words, just as Lady Wisdom is likened unto a door for those who listen to her. John chapter 10, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. That's John chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. But also we see Lady Wisdom saying the same thing in Proverbs chapter 8. Lady Wisdom says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorposts. That's Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. So, Lady Wisdom is likened unto a door, and Jesus is likened unto a door for all who would listen to his words. Our ninth point, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Just as Lady Wisdom is described as the way, as the one speaking truth, and as the one who gives life. So John chapter 14 and verse 6 has the famous phrase, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's John 14 and verse 6. And we can see Lady Wisdom is described as the way, and this uses a Hebrew word for a path or a road. Proverbs chapter 3 says that her ways, Lady Wisdom's ways, are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. That's Proverbs 3 and verse 17. In Proverbs chapter 8, we can see that Lady Wisdom speaks in the first person. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. That's Proverbs 8 and verse 32. We can also see in the book of Sirach that a similar theme is stated, where the author invites the listeners to, quote, Come to her, come to Lady Wisdom, with all your soul, and keep her ways with all your might. That's Sirach chapter 6 and verse 26. So clearly, Lady Wisdom is the one that is pointing out the right ways and the right paths upon which the people of God are to walk, just as Jesus claims to be the way, the correct path, the correct road upon which the people of God are now to walk. We've already looked at how Jesus is the speaker of truth, just as Lady Wisdom was the speaker of truth, so that accounts for Jesus being the way and Jesus being the truth. Now on to Jesus being the life. Proverbs chapter 3 says that Lady Wisdom is a tree of life for those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. That's Proverbs 3 and verse 18, where Lady Wisdom is described as the tree of life. She's the tree of life for those who take hold of her. And in Proverbs 8 and verse 35, Lady Wisdom says in the first person, He who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. So, Lady Wisdom is described as the way, the truth, and the life, just as Jesus in John 14 and verse 6 is described as the way and the truth and the life. A very powerful connection of wisdom Christology. Point number 10, Jesus likens himself to a vine with fruit, just as Lady Wisdom is likened unto a vine with fruit. There's a major passage about this in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I'll read this in its entirety. Jesus says, I am the true vine, 
and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. That's John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, where Jesus is likened to a vine as producing fruit, inviting his listeners to become branches and to bear much fruit. But we're going to see that Lady Wisdom is also likened to a vine with fruit. In Sirach chapter 24, one of our major passages describing Lady Wisdom, we see this very point. Lady Wisdom speaks in the first person, Like the vine, I bud forth delights, and my blossoms become glorious and abundant fruit. Come to me, you who desire me, and eat your fill of my fruits. That's Sirach 24, verses 17 through 19. So Lady Wisdom is described as a vine bearing fruit, just as Jesus is described as a vine bearing fruit. And both Jesus and Lady Wisdom invite their listeners to come and to partake and produce of that fruit. Point number 11, those who accept Jesus and his teachings are called friends, just as those who accept Lady Wisdom and her teachings are called friends. And this uses the exact same Greek noun in both instances. John chapter 15, verses 13 to 15, has Jesus saying this, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. That's John 15, verses 13 through 15, where there's this word friends continually being used of the followers of Jesus. But Lady Wisdom, in the Book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 7, speaks as one who makes those who come into contact with her friends of God. Wisdom, chapter 7, verse 27, says this, But she is but one, she can do all things, while remaining in herself, she renews all things in every generation. She passes into holy souls and makes them friends of God. So those who interact with Lady Wisdom become friends of God in Wisdom of Solomon chapter 7. And those who interact with Jesus and who do what Jesus commands are called friends in a similar fashion. Our twelfth point today is that Jesus sends the Spirit to convict just as Lady Wisdom is described as the Spirit that convicts. Okay? So in John chapter 16, Jesus says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Helper, or the Comforter, will not come to you. And if I do, I will send it to you. And it, when it comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. That's John chapter 16, verses 7 through 8, where Jesus is going to send the Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, to convict. And we're going to see that Lady Wisdom is also described as God's Spirit 
that convicts. In Wisdom of Solomon chapter 1, this passage, a lengthy passage, says, Wisdom is a kindly spirit, but she will not free blasphemers from the guilt of their words, because God is witness of their innermost feelings and a true observer of their hearts and a hearer of the tongues, because the Spirit of the Lord has filled the world, and that which holds all things together knows what is said. Therefore, those who utter unrighteous things will not escape notice, and justice, when it punishes, will not pass by them. For inquiry will be made into the counsels of the ungodly, and report of their words will come to the Lord to convict them of their lawless deeds. That's Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, where wisdom is described as God's Spirit, who convicts the ungodly, just as Jesus is going to send the Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter, who is going to convict the ungodly. Our 13th and final point today is one of the most interesting points. Point number 13 is that Jesus can speak of having glory with God because Lady Wisdom, God's personification, had glory with God. Okay? So John 17 and verse 5, which is often regarded as a difficult verse to understand and explain, Jesus says this, Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So we can see there in John 17, 5, that there was this glory that Jesus had with the Father before the world was. This makes sense once we understand that Jesus is speaking as the embodiment of Lady Wisdom, because Lady Wisdom is said in multiple places to have glory with her. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 18, Lady Wisdom says in the first person that, quote, riches and glory are with me. That's Proverbs 8 and verse 18. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 7 says that she, Lady Wisdom, is a breath of the power of God and a pure emanation of the glory of the Almighty. That's Wisdom 7 and verse 25, where Lady Wisdom is the emanation of the Almighty's glory. In Wisdom 9.11, it says that she, Lady Wisdom, knows and understands all things, and she will guide me wisely in my actions and guard me with her glory. Lady Wisdom again has glory. Sirach chapter 4 and verse 13 says that whoever holds her fast inherits glory. Those who hold Lady Wisdom fast will inherit glory. And in Sirach chapter 6 and verse 31, it says that you will wear her, you will wear Lady Wisdom like a robe of glory. So in Proverbs, Wisdom of Solomon, and in Sirach, in multiple places, in multiple verses, Lady Wisdom is described as the one with glory. So Jesus can say as the embodiment of Lady Wisdom that he possessed glory with God before the world was. And I think that's a very plausible and persuasive way of understanding John chapter 17 and verse 5 when it is read in light of wisdom Christology. We need to remind our listeners that for the Gospel of John to depict Jesus as the embodiment of Lady Wisdom is not to suggest that Jesus literally and consciously preexisted his birth as this wisdom figure. Since God's wisdom in all of the passages we looked at today was described in poetic personification. In other words, God's personified wisdom was not an actual female person alongside God in heaven. To say that Jesus is the embodiment and the enfleshment of God's wisdom is to attribute the human being Jesus as the epitome of God's wise teachings and instructions to all who follow him. 
So, in conclusion, we have observed today that, number one, in over a dozen instances, it is abundantly clear that John's Gospel repeatedly uses imagery to describe Jesus that deliberately echoes things said about Lady Wisdom, indicating that the human Jesus is now the current and fullest embodiment of God's wise teachings and instructions for his people. In fact, many of the I Am statements that are unique to John's Gospel, such as, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I am the door, I am the bread of life, etc., appear to be intentional statements depicting what Lady Wisdom formerly said of herself. Number two, we saw that the Gospel of John begins with a prologue depicting both Logos Christology and Wisdom Christology, setting the tone for the rest of the Gospel account to portray Jesus during his earthly ministry in terms of the embodiment of Lady Wisdom. And number three, the Gospel of John, like Matthew, 1 Corinthians, Colossians, and the book of Hebrews, is clearly a major Christian document that portrays the human Jesus in terms of wisdom Christology. If you enjoyed the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to financially support the work that it is doing, please check out this episode's description for a PayPal link. Thanks so much for listening to us today. Again, my name is Dustin Smith, and until next time, take care.